guys, and welcome to the Staying Driven Podcast, a podcast with you in mind. Today, I have another special guest here with me. I'm super excited about this one because not only does Mark Fielgelvan bring some amazing things to the adaptive community, but he's also part of Staying Driven. So I wanted to be able to bring him on today and talk about his new product line. He has an adaptive product line called Abilities, and I'm really excited for him to talk about it. So welcome to the show, Mark. It's nice to have you. Thank you, Steph. I'm really happy to be here. Where are you coming from? So I'm based in Southern California. Uh, I'm in around the Long Beach area, Los Angeles. So I've pretty much lived here my whole life, but yeah, I'm, I'm a SoCal kid. So we, we met, what is it? Almost two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, uh, a while. Yeah. We started, uh, doing the staying driven classes together. You started coming into staying driven and I loved seeing you. I know that life is busy. You've got a wife, you've got a couple kids. So let's chat a little bit about your life and uh, how the evolution has been in the last two years. Can you tell us a little bit about your current situation and kind of go from there? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, last few years were weird with COVID. Um, Quarantine kind of um, helped me really redefine myself and my company abilities. So when, um, when COVID started, I, I pretty much was a full-time CPA with my wife. Uh, we have our own accounting practice, uh, locally here in Lakewood. And I was going into the office pretty much every day and taking the kids to school and and whatnot. And then when COVID hit, it's, it's almost like we were home and the kids were here and we were doing homeschooling with the, well, the virtual school with them. And it was scary because, you know, I'm. (laughs) Uh, with my spinal cord injury, I'm, I'm high risk and with everything going on, you know, people hoarding toilet paper and, and, uh, <laughs> all of the, and, and yeah, and like, you couldn't get food. I mean, you couldn't go on Amazon and buy even top ramen. I mean, it was, it was a weird time. So we kind of like hunkered down here as a family and just kind of, I mean, it was a nice time. It was a time for me to be with my, my kids. You know, we barbecued a lot and we, we just talked about life and, and, and had good times and, it was great, but it was also, um, you know, a little bit strange to be here and kind of figure out like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I, as an accountant, it was great, but I chose that career when I got injured because it was safe. Um, you know, it was a way for me, for my disability, not get in the way. You know, I, I wanted to be successful financially, but also I, I wanted to be able to, you know, not have my lack of physical, you know, my physical limitations get in the way of me being successful. So, uh, it being home, it kind of, it, it was this way of me to kind of say like, what am I really doing? And I got an opportunity to get a 3D printer and there was this whole movement where people were making face shields for frontline workers. Mm-hmm. And um, I always wanted to get a 3D printer and I thought this would be a great way to really introduce my boys to this technology, you know, cause it's, they're very creative minded and they like to build. And so I, I got one of these printers during Black Friday before COVID. So like 2019, November, 2019. And so we got this printer and then when this whole movement happened here in Long Beach, we joined and we made like 500 face shields. I got to see people wearing them in the field. Like they sent pictures. That's so cool. Yeah. It was this really cool movement. And that was kind of what sparked my whole thought about wanting to design for people because I'd always had these ideas of, um, you know, how I could make my life easier as someone with a spinal cord injury, but seeing how I could help people 
with COVID like nurses and, and, and make them sa feel safe. And I thought, why don't I do this for people with disabilities? Like, why am I not looking within my own community? Yeah. Because for the longest time, you know, being someone with a disability, I was so like detached from that. Like, I didn't want to be around people with wheelchairs and disabilities. <laughs> We're so similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, I don't know, like I, it just, I just wanted to live and be me. And I, I don't know, maybe I just didn't look in the mirror enough, but I just didn't feel like I had to be part of that whole um, community. But now I'm like drawn back to it. Yeah, like, man, know? that was such a silly thought. And, it, and I know how you feel because I spent so much of my life fighting it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's an important kind of full circle moment and being like, man, that's that's real growth. Right. Yep. And the fact that you can make such an impact. Let's take a little step back. Let's talk about yep. the nature of your injury. I know you're very yep. um, you're very open about talking about it. You're you're a mentor to a lot of people. So for those that don't know, there are many different types of spinal cord injuries. So yep. let's take us back to the beginning of that journey for you and what life was like maybe before your accident and then what it was like the day after your accident. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, um, I was big into sports. Um, I was, a, I, I played ice hockey kind of like your husband <laughs> and that was my thing. Like I really wanted to play. I wanted to go to college back East and, um, you know, I had a couple opportunities to go play for some D2 and D3 schools. So that was kind of my dream. Uh, I was 17 years old. Uh, I mean, I did, I did fairly well in school. Uh, I went to an all boys Catholic school and I, 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 had pretty good grades and again, very sports minded, um, played numerous sports, but hockey was the one that I loved the best. And so going into being graduating high school, I had a girlfriend and I was living in Culver city, which is near Venice beach. And I had gotten a summer job, uh, working as a cashier at a deli. And it was, um, I think, yeah, in August, it was a summer, a summer afternoon. And one of the, one of the, uh, servers, wanted to go to the beach and asked me if I wanted to go. And so I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to go because living in Culver city and having access to the beach in Southern California, it's just beautiful. Right. So I wanted to go as much as I could because I, I was going to, I enrolled at, um, CSUN, which is Cal state Northridge, uh, university to go to school. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I really, college wasn't something that I really thought, Oh, I, I know this, this, this. I, mean, I think a lot of 18 year olds are like that kind of, <laughs> I think they designed it that way. So you're just doing all those general courses. So you yeah. hopefully have this epiphany, like, oh, <laughs> I want to be an engineer or a scientist or whatever. Go I think I changed my major like five times before. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So we went, to, we went to the beach and this particular beach was down the hill from uh, the Pacific Palisades. So Sunset and PCH, if you're familiar with that area here, there's a very popular restaurant called Gladstones. It's been here forever. And I wasn't super familiar with the beach break there, but you know, I, I bodyboarded a lot. I had gone out the night before to County line in the dark and was, you know, basically it dumped on my head a bunch of times. So I was used to being out in the water, but this particular day, um, we were at the beach and I went to go into the water when this uh, individual went out and there was this wave that was forming really close to the, you know, right there on the beach on the sand. And I foolishly, I, I should have gone out and kind of felt where the, the ocean floor was, but I didn't. So I just saw this really big wave and I ran out and I did my best Baywatch impression. I dove my hands forward and I was going to duck dive under the lip and just come out. Oh. the 
And when I did that, it was just all sand. It was a sandbar. And so I just smacked my head. You can see this scar. I just smacked my head like right into it <laughs> and instantly just went numb and I couldn't move anything below my neck. So kind of like to fast forward this whole process, but I luckily there were people there to kind of pull me out because my friend realized that I wasn't joking and I would just look like I was sitting underwater. Uh, they pulled me out and then lifeguard helicopter landing on PCH asking me a bunch of questions and then they flew me to UCLA. And at that point, the, the, the journey kind of started where I, I was told that I had, you know, broken my C5 vertebrae in my neck, but that I had pinched my cord. So that's actually a good thing with a spinal cord injury. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't sever your cord, then there's still a connection. So they would consider that like an incomplete injury, mm -hmm. which meant that I could get some function back. The, the paralysis is actually caused from the swelling around the cord. So the, the nice thing is, is that when they found out what had happened, they gave me this steroid right away to reduce the inflammation. So it could have been worse. I mean, my injury level could have been higher. My function level, which is a C6 could have been less, you know? Um, so I'm very grateful for what I have, but yeah, it was wild. Like in an instant, um, here I am, I can't really move anything. And then that's how, that's how the journey began. It was just to kind of figure out, okay, what do we do next? How do we move forward? Um, so. I, I love hearing everybody's stories because everybody has a different start to, um, I guess, a life full of adversity and different ways to be able to navigate it. I love that you found your beautiful wife and you have you guys yeah. have created, you know, such a wonderful family. Um, talk a little bit about what that um, beginning of that relationship was like. Was she you know, down for anything? Did, did it take a while to kind of adjust to this kind of lifestyle? What was that like? It, you know, it definitely took a little while. Uh, you know, when I met Patricia, it was at uh, USC, so University of Southern California. We were in the accounting program together. So I, I knew her in undergrad, but we were just kind of friends, you know, with, with accounting. Accountants party a lot. So <laughs> we would work really hard and then we would go out and so I, I knew her from those kind of social social uh, settings where we got to know each other and we were just friends. And I think people with anyone with a physical vis visible disability, like they're always a little bit cautious as to what to ask. And um, so yeah. I, I pretty much, as you said, I was very open about it. And so I got, I wanted people to know, like, these are things I struggle with. If I feel comfortable asking for help, this is what I would ask for help with. And I think people just got to know me in that light. And so Patricia and I, we got to know each other and then it wasn't until we went to the master's program uh, at USC that we started dating. And it, people probably would say that it was the most unlikely match at first because she was very quiet and kind of closed off and I wasn't as much. Yeah. But when we started hanging out, we realized we had a lot in common. And I think that's so important in a relationship. I mean, to me, she's like my best friend and um, I know that she always had my back and vice versa. And that that was a very kind of important part of the foundation of what we were trying to, you know, that it just felt right. You know, I, I can't yeah. really <laughs> explain. It just felt right. And, you know, she got to know me and the things that I struggled with and, and she was, she was fine with it. Cause she knew that I wasn't going to like give up. Right. Just going to find a way to, to do it. And if I needed help, I'd ask, but it just, it just worked. And then, you know, over time we just got a little bit more serious and realized that, wow, you know, this is something that, 
you know, we, we liked being together and wanted to, to, to get married. And yeah, you guys just celebrated a, an 11 year anniversary, right? Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. It, I, I can't even tell you how fast that went. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, we were at this restaurant and we were looking across at where we had our reception and we both were like, I can't believe it's been 11 years. That, that was, um, that was fast. <laughs> So do you think, and now you guys have children, do you think that your children um, were the catalyst to your wanting to create different adaptations so that you could, you know, be the most hands-on dad possible? Because I know like you're their soccer coach, you're their, you're yeah. all, all hands on deck all the time. So um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that journey and what um, being a, a parent is like as a quad. Yeah, no, it definitely, I, I don't know if it was directly related, but I can honestly say that um, just from, and, I, and I'm trying to articulate this the best way, but you know, when you have a, when you have an acquired disability, or even, you know, if you're born with one, I think, um, you know, there's, there's a period of time where there's, I, I hate to use the word acceptance, but it's like, you try to figure out, okay, this is, this is my reality. How am I going to move forward? And you, and you make that choice, right? So you get comfortable with that or as comfortable as you can be, but you accept it with yourself. Now, when I had kids, it was like a reset button because, <laughs> because now I'm responsible for other people yeah. with a disability. And that was really hard. Like someone had posted something the other day and it was um, a, a woman that had a husband who's a quad and it was Father's Day. And she mentioned, I'm you know proud of all the dads out there that are uh, willing to let others help raise their kids. And that meant a lot to me because <clears throat> that's something I struggled with. I had a tough time watching other people, you know, help my kids get dressed or help them play sports or feed them like that. That, that was very frustrating for me. So I, I definitely think when I had kids, things changed in my mind, how I perceived life, um, what I wanted to do with my life, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. That I, that I got from it. I mean, definitely some some issues with that um, that I'm still trying to, you know, process and deal with. But yeah, it, it definitely uh, made me think about like, what am I doing with my life and how can I make it better? So that happened kind of uh, naturally playing with them and doing yeah. stuff and realizing that I need to be in the best possible shape that I can so I can be here a long time and, and not only just teach them things, but be around and be present and that involves a phys some physical components and so uh yeah being able to do a lot without asking for help or maybe be you know taking my wife's time away because that's the other thing my wife is pretty much when they were younger their full-time caregiver, caregiver. Yeah. so it's like if, if there was something that i could do to be more independent that she wouldn't have to do for me that gives her more time to help with them and those kind of things all really matter i mean it's stressful. It's, I mean, marriage is not easy. And then having kids on top of it with someone who has a disability, it's very hard. Um, so I, I give credit to everyone out there who's doing it. And cause I know every day is a struggle. It's hard. You, you pretty much have to start over every day Yeah. and think about, you know, okay, here's my disability. What am I going to do? How am I going to deal with it? Um, and then also how am I going to support my wife? How am I going to support my family? How am I going to go do my job and, and be successful? And, these are all things that are very hard and you have to take it one step at a time. But yeah, to answer your question, they definitely helped uh, with this whole road to being um, trying to be more creative and, and adaptive 
But you know, you combine that with being home and really just sitting here during COVID and going, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. How can I make it better? And I feel like I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that have done this and you can just go online and look like somewhere in your forties, it's like this whole reinventing yourself. And there's a lot of people historically that have done that, you know, um, Henry Ford, I'm trying to think of a, a couple of the people that inspired me, but like, it's just, it just felt right, um, to do this. And so that's kind of, yeah, my kids definitely contributed to that. I feel like you'd be one that either have, has read this book or, uh, you know, would like to read it, but Ty and I've read Think and Grow Rich. And oh. it was one of the books uh, by Napoleon Hill that it really talks about how, you know, reinventing yourself and, and really uh, working toward what you want, but also putting things out in the universe and saying yes. like, this is what I'm going to be doing. Uh, you know, and it's one of Ty's favorite books and I've, I've read it uh, a time and a half now. So I, I almost read it twice, but it didn't get all the way through. And uh, I think it's one that if you haven't already read it, I think you'd really like to. Yeah, no, I definitely want to, because that that's kind of in line with my thinking and how I've been trying to think is just put, put it out there. Yeah, and I think too, you know, this whole abilities idea of making things easier and it's, it shouldn't be shameful. You know, I was just talking to another friend of mine um, on the podcast and we were talking about like accessibility device shaming, right? Yeah. And for some reason, there's so much like shame around, oh, you have to use a power chair. You must yeah. be lazy. You have to use a grab stick. You must be lazy. Yeah. But like, I think you're kind of flipping the script on that because not only are you making these really cool products, but you're making them desirable. And yes. I think you're using your, not only are you using your real life experience, but you're also using social media to your benefit. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that and what abilities is starting to look like as you're using these tools to help you. Sure. Yeah, social media, again, like you were talking about being hesitant, uh, that was something that I I struggled with because I, I didn't really want to put myself out there and I had all of these ideas and I thought, you know, why not just try it and see like if, if, it, if it sticks. And what I found with social media is that there's a whole world community of people out there that need products. Yeah. There's an underserved community that you know just got left out because from a business standpoint and i completely get this people with disabilities at least the ones that people know about are very niche They're, it's a small group of people yeah but that's not true <laughs> at some point everyone will experience some type of disability and i use my mom as an example because as my mom has been aging and i see her kind of you know slowing down and whatnot i realized that she had trouble lifting things and holding cups and I know that she's not the only one, but I also know that my mom likes to go out and eat and she doesn't like to feel that she's disabled. She doesn't want to feel ashamed yeah. of her body and being able to enjoy the things that she used to enjoy. So to me, that was like a, a light bulb went off and I thought, okay, aside from myself who struggles with things, there's a whole group of people in this baby boomer generation that is like a tidal wave of hey, this is my new reality. I struggle. I need to have a product that makes me feel good. Yeah. I still want to go out and I still want to like enjoy life. 
in the public eye. And that that's the whole thing that I think people need to understand is a, a good example would be, you know, if, if you're a grumpy person and you always look pissed off, <laughs> people are not going to want to approach you. Yeah. Regardless of the way you look. I mean, I know looking good helps, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you go out there and smile and look like you're having the time of your life, right? people will be drawn to you. Right. Now, add to the fact that you might be in a power chair and you look like you're having the greatest time of your life. Right. This person who's completely able-bodied and has everything going for them and they have all these nice clothes, they're going to be like, what the hell? What, are, what drug do they have? Yeah, because I want it. Right. So, I mean, it's all really perception. So to me, like if you can create an affordable product that's functional, it does not look institutional and people will go out and use it and feel good about themselves. It's going to improve their mental quality of life as well as their physical independence. And that's always been what's driven me is that I, I see these walkers that are in the corner of someone's room with the tennis balls on them. Yeah. Wonder why people don't use them. And that's because that makes them feel disabled. Yeah. And that's the same way I felt for many years. I didn't look at myself as being disabled, but if I had to use something like that, I would. And I, yeah. I don't feel like the products have to be like that. And that's kind of what got me on this whole thing. But going back to social media, when I, when I put out my first product, which was this Dyson adapter for a vacuum, um, you know, a lot of people reached out and they were like, Oh my God, I need something like that. Or how did you make that? That's so great. And, so I knew that there was a people out there that really want to see this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, but just kind of opening eyes to it's okay to be disabled. It's okay to not look your best. You know, like some of your posts where you talk about your struggle, that's real. And it's.
good people find good people, right? And at the end of the day, I think that's really where you're trying to hone in on and make sure that you're finding the people that need your product and will also share it with the next person, you right. know? And, and that's what I think is so powerful about the community. I think, you know, the more people talk and the more people actually use a yeah. physical product and they see that it's making a difference for them, it, it changes the, the way that the community as a whole functions. Um, if people are wanting to look for you and, or wanting to look for your product, where can they find you? Well, for right now, the best way is to just go through Instagram. So the at abilities, so A B I L I T E A S E. That's where you'll find me. I have a link tree on there. So it'll go to my regular website, the abilities clothing. Like I said, I'm going to be launching my store here on August 21st, which is my injury anniversary date. Um, 27 years now and that's going to be the abilities adaptive line so i'm i'm uh launching the store where i'm going to have at first six products and then we're going to expand i'm dropping two new products before i go to phoenix which is to to do the abilities expo my wife yes! and i are going to yeah so we're really excited about that i'm going to drop two new products before uh and we'll have those at the show so we're really really excited about that that's probably the best way to find me and then i'm just going to be improving my uh you know i got to improve all of my social media sites and try to update that and i'm hoping i can get that done soon but there's ways to get me but we're in that process of getting that all up to snuff so to speak uh but yeah it's it's just been a lot of work and i'm a little nervous but it's going to come together and it's going to be beautiful and I'm, I'm excited about it well i'm so excited to know that i'm going to see you in a couple of yeah weeks. Yeah, um, coming I'm up. Gonna, I'm going to be at the Abilities Expo as well. I'm going to be doing two staying driven classes. So you're more than nice. welcome to, uh, to come on in with me and have a good time. Yeah. And then you'll also have Paul there, which will be cool because he. Oh, great. He's going to uh, be travel. Okay. Yeah. And so we'll be able awesome. to kind of hang out together. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited that I'll be able to see you. I'm excited that more people are going to be able to see your product. And I'm just super proud of you, man. It's been oh, thank you. so, so cool to watch you evolve over the last couple of years. And I am just truly grateful that you believed in what I was doing and vice versa. And we've created such a wonderful relationship and yeah. I'm, I'm always rooting for you, dude. So no, thank you thank so you. much for chatting with me today. Yeah, no, thanks, Steph. It's, it's been a pleasure. I'm really excited that you invited me. This is cool. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got you for this episode, but I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.